We dedicate this episode in memory of our league-winning manager, Justin Edinburgh. Welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, Mr. Paul Evie. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 185, a slightly impromptu episode, because for those of you uh, who can cast your minds back, we don't normally return until mid-stroke late July uh, in the pre-season um, space. So um, there's been a lot that's been going on. So we felt it was a good time uh, to round up and reflect on what's been, I think it's fair to say, an eventful uh, few weeks. And we're recording this Tuesday morning. Uh, luck, as luck would have it, we both uh, are off today. So we thought, why not get together uh, and let's put uh, put out a recollection of what's gone on uh, over the past few weeks. And we're going to start back in May with Tahuay Tuesday. Yeah, so 21st of May. And so a busy day of announcements from the club on the futures of players and staff, which started off with fitness guru Michael Omoa, who left the club having been at the O's for nearly eight <coughs> years, as well as club doctor Craig Rosenblum, who took to Twitter to announce he would also be leaving the club after three years. So thanks to both Craig and Michael for all your service and the best of luck in your future endeavours. Yeah, then the news came at 12.15 that Captain Fantastic Joby McEnough has signed a one-year extension. Joby, uh, Joby tweeted uh, from his Twitter handle at JobyMcEnough7 saying, Delighted to sign a new contract at Leighton Orient and a great way to cap off an amazing season. Enjoying my football as much as I ever have. Thanks to the fantastic owners, players, staff and fans for all your support. Roll on next season after a much-needed break, that is. So, your on that? Great news. I was convinced that he was going to retire um, and end up on either the coaching staff or as a pundit um, but great news he decided to obviously keep playing for a year obviously we'll speak about Joby's future um, a bit more later yeah it's all written episode. in hindsight isn't it so, well, no it's written at the time so with the benefit of hindsight it's wonderful yeah no I agree with you I think it's great to have him sign for another year the influence he has in the dressing room and just the positivity around the club when you see Joby McEnough on the pitch there's a certain calming influence he has on the supporters as well as probably his teammates as well and that's just something that, you, uh, that almost money can't buy you don't get that from too many players so uh, yeah Great to have him sign up for another year. So that was followed up by the news that Mr. Consistent Joe Woodowson had signed a contract extension as he committed to the future at the Orient for the next two years. So Joe said, I feel the fans have stuck with me, shown faith in me, belief in me, and I feel I have rewarded them with the effort and good performances this season. It is nice to be wanted and valued. And for me, another piece of great news coming through from Joe had a fantastic season. Um, like we said, Mr. Consistent, really good. Had a difficult first year, I would say, yeah. Orient, similar to Craig Clay. But this year, really stepped up his game. Fantastic player. Unfortunately, he didn't score Wembley when he hit the post. Oh, so still, close. still waiting to see that goal. Into goal. the left. Yeah, but fantastic news at Wilson. Wilson stays great left back, one of the players. Unsung heroes, I'd say, the season for me. Absolutely agree. And I can't wait to see him at League Two as well. I think he'll do very well against some of their 
some of the uh, left-sided, yeah. right-sided players that he'll come up against as well. Um, at fi- and finally, for that day, at 6.20, it was the turn of the Ginger Pele. Ginger as- Pele. Ginger Pele. <laughs> Matt Harold, uh, if you hadn't guessed by that, uh, has signed for another year with us as well. Matt said, I've enjoyed this season so much. I've enjoyed playing more near the end, and I'm looking forward to next season, staying with this great group and hopefully achieving more success uh, at this club. So, yeah, massive turnaround uh, from Matt this season. Yeah. Testament to Matt that he, at that time, was third-choice striker, you know, ahead of the departing Jay Simpson, ahead of James Alabi. And he averaged a goal last season every 144 minutes, which isn't bad at all. No. And listening to part two, part two of our end-of-season special yesterday, I think Matt Porter said towards the second half of the season he had an impact in every game that he came on in. He, he, yeah, he was scoring an yeah. assist or changing the game. So well done to Matt Harold. Massively deserves that. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. And it is good to have him. He gives us another great option. If we're going yeah. high, he's got good feet, he's got good positioning, good awareness. And again, I think at his age, he's got that level of experience and calmness about him that he can come on and he can really impact the game um, very early on. Um, so for me, I'm very pleased uh, that he's signed that as well. Yeah, so Wednesday, the 22nd of May, and the first pre-season fixtures were announced as AFC Hornchurch up first away on Tuesday, the 16th of July. This one kicks off at 7.45, and then two days later, we go to Russian and Diamonds on Thursday, the 18th of July. This one also kicks off at 7.45. Yeah, absolutely. Thursday, the 23rd of May, then. The club announced that 3,250 season tickets have been sold, and they're targeting 4,000 500 as the amount uh, the club wants to reach. So, very ambitious uh, target, but I think, fingers crossed, we can achieve that with the goodwill that we carry forward from last year. I think it might drag a few more people in. I think we got 4-2 last year, I think. So, to get another 300 shouldn't be that hard, but you um, never know. Amazing figures for that date. 23rd of May, already sold 3,250. <coughs> That's before I had renewed. and Probably got some other people who are definitely going to be new anyway. So, fantastic. If they can reach 4,500, that'd be incredible. There's no reason, I guess, why, yep. why they can't going forward. Yeah. So, the club also announced another two pre-season fixtures, this time away at Harlow Town on Saturday, the 6th of July. I mean, that one's turning into kind of a yearly game. I think we've done it for the last two, two years. Two years, yeah. That one kicks off at 3pm on the Saturday. Then we are away at Dartford on Saturday, the 20th of July, kicking off at 3pm so already you can see the plans are in place already to get the team fit to get match ready to get all those players squad players as well I would imagine good game time so by the time we go into the 3rd of August the season opener we're ready to go absolutely Friday the 24th of May there was another pre-season fixture announcement as the club announced that a Norwich 11 would be visiting the Brea Group Stadium on Saturday the 27th of July at 3 o'clock. So I'm sure you've all seen all of these dates but just in case you haven't there's a reminder there's some dates for your diaries there. Absolutely. Nicely done Mr Levy. So Saturday the 25th of May and Tranmere won the League 2 playoff final so congratulations to XO Jake Caprice who believe it or not now finds himself as a League one player for me well done to Jake but that's a perfect example of what can be achieved at a football club you get out of the uh, National League and you carry that momentum through and we've seen other clubs do it as well like your Lincolns who have got out of that same league this year um, Forest Green Rovers finished in the playoffs last season there's lots of examples of teams doing that and hopefully we can yeah. look at that 
and take their example forward and emulate it. Yeah, absolutely agree. Monday the 27th of May, XO's captain and assistant manager Dean Smith led his Aston Villa team to the Premier League as they won the Championship playoff final 2-1 uh, against Derby. So absolutely outstanding. Well done, Smudge. Well done to Dean Smith. Dean Smith has never been on the podcast, but if you remember... When we first started it, we tried to get hold of him and we had him and he wanted to do it in the daytime. Do you remember? We yes. was at Walsall and yes. he was like, I'll do it now, yeah. I'm the coach. Yeah. We were like, mate, we both work. So maybe one day, Dino, we'll catch up. Maybe we'll get you on the pod. I saw him drawing money out of HSBC in Loughton once. <laughs> and I shouted out, hi, Dane. Good luck for Sadie. Oh, cheers, mate. While he was getting money. I mean, he could have been robbed at the cash point while he was turning around and saying hello to me. Luckily, no one was there. Amazing. So, uh, nothing, nothing actually <laughs> happened. Then on Thursday, the 30th of May. Yeah, as expected, the club announced a pre-season training camp in Malaga from Monday the 8th of July to Sunday the 14th of July with a fan event taking place on the Wednesday on the 10th of July and a friendly towards the end of that week with the opponents to be confirmed. So if you're going out there, have a great time. We've done uh, Portugal last season, or we didn't, but the club did. Um, and a great time had by all and I think we lost to Benfica 5-4 in what looked like an team, epic yeah. game and obviously we come on to our opponents in Spain uh, in a short while we certainly will Friday the 31st of May there was more friendlies confirmed it was announced the O's would be travelling to Bishop Stortford on Tuesday the 23rd of July kicking off at 7.45 and an Orient 11 will travel to Canvey mm. Island on Monday the 29th of July and to Potter's Bar on Tuesday the 6th of August yeah so more more fixtures piling up all good stuff so then on Sunday the 2nd of June we recorded our end of season finale Orient Outlook podcast towers and broke our episode episode record as our two-parter came in combined at two hours 53 minutes so it turned into an absolutely epic um, spectacle totally worth it it's available in two parts if you've not already (coughs) listened part two has had a lot more listens than part one so if you've not listened to part one yet go back we've got some great messages in there from Danny Macklin Steve Foster Howard Gould uh, and part two's got messages from Ross Embleton uh, Nigel Travis uh, George Kent. Sessions and Kent live on the phone so a massive thank you to Danny Webb Matt Porter and Dave Victor who joined us live they were um, ex- excellent absolutely was, excellent yeah well worth listening I listened to part 2 again yesterday for the first time and thoroughly uh, enjoyed it and all guests made great contributions Howard, Howard's message was great as well because the, the work they do at the Trust is phenomenal yeah um, but yeah so so I guess at that point all kind of buzzing for the end of the season and thinking that we would all be taking a break. But unfortunately, it was a difficult week coming up for the O's. So Monday the 3rd of June, O's fans everywhere were all stunned at 12.45 when the club made the following statement. It said, Late Norrent can confirm that head coach Justin Edinburgh was taken to a local hospital on Monday morning after being taken ill unexpectedly. The club will be making no further comment at this time and requests that the family's privacy is respected. Yeah, so absolutely shell shocked when that message came through, wondering about what had happened and hoping Justin was okay. So we're lucky enough to have, I guess, fans when they see anything on social media come in and message us, and we were just receiving so many messages and just hoping we were going to hear some good news mm. sooner rather than later. And I think you could tell from how kind of short and abrupt the statement was that it was pretty serious. Yeah, I thought that was definitely the. Uh, interpretation that I got from, from that statement yeah no I think you're right I was stunned really um, he's, you know, he's a 49 year old ex-athlete you know having a heart attack how, like, how and why does that happen I guess um, you know that's what was going through my mind I was a bit shocked 
uh, obviously very shocked actually to hear that but uh, obviously praying that um, that things would be all right and you think that you know it'd be a bit of recovery time and he'll take his time to, to get better was yeah. my thoughts at the time absolutely I think we all kind of felt the same I don't think anyone kind of gauged how serious no I think it actually was at this point yeah um, in time so Tuesday the 4th of June the club thanks supporters clubs and organisations for their messages for Justin as we all waited with bated breath hoping that he would be okay I mean there were so many messages that were going into the club that we were receiving ourselves as just a fan podcast account and you could see clubs from all over you know wishing the best for Justin it's being picked yeah. up now by BBC Oh, by networks everywhere. Sky Sports News is everywhere. Um, we'll move on then to Wednesday the 5th uh, of June. Still no news on Justin, but the club did announce that whole City were going to be our opponents uh, in the friendly in Marbella, uh, which will now take place on Tuesday the 9th of July. Yeah, I mean, that news kind of came and went. It was good that they kind of confirmed that, the club, but no one was really at this point not really paying any attention. attention. Everyone's kind of was looking or waiting um, for news on Justin. So there was no further news for the next few days. We were all hoping and praying Justin would be okay. But then on Saturday the 8th of June, 6.50pm, the club announced the news that we had all been dreading. So the club said it was profound and the utmost sadness that Leighton Orient announces its manager, Justin Edinburgh, has passed away. So I think the actual statement was about four pages worth. So we won't read all the statement. We take a a quote from Chairman Nigel Travis, who said, we are completely heartbroken by this tragedy. All our thoughts and love are with the Edinburgh family, and we know from the messages that flooded it into the club over the last week that the wider football world will share our sentiments. The success that Justin brought to Leighton Orient was incredible, but more importantly, the impact he had on us all as a winner and a wonderful, inspirational human being will be his legacy and will stay with us forever. So... Great words there from yeah. Nigel Travis. Yeah, he's got a very good way with words. And for me, I was absolutely lost for words. And I thought it was a mistake. I thought it can't be. Yeah, He's a man of 49, has a heart attack and doesn't survive. Heart, truly heartbreaking. Uh, and having lost a parent myself, you know, younger than it should have been, um, it hit me and sounded me uh, immensely that this is this has actually happened. I mean, 49 is, is, is no age at all. And, and to leave, you know a wife and two children at that age is, is absolutely stunning. Uh, I didn't get to know Justin as well as others at the club, but from our interaction with him, uh, which was at post-match, uh, he was a consummate professional. He never shirked answering a difficult question, always had a positive outlook on things, even when results weren't going our way uh, or we'd hit a rough patch or whatever whatever it may be. Never got overexcited when we won or thrashed the team. It was a thoroughly professional performance. We're always going to be indebted to Justin for what he's done for our club. He came in at a really difficult time. He guided us to our first championship in, in many a year. And those celebrations that we had post-Braintree will stay with me and every Orient fan for the rest of our lives. God bless you and thanks for everything, Justin. Nicely said. Nicely said for me, yeah. I couldn't believe it when the announcement was made. I mean, I was away on the Saturday night yeah. um, with my family and I was just stunned, really. I just wanted to go to the ground and pay my respects. Um, and be amongst other Orient fans, which which you got to do. So we'll kind of talk about that. Yeah. Shortly, you know, obviously with the podcast, we get to know some of the management. We're quite lucky. We get to go to some post match interviews. Yeah. And whilst you know, I wouldn't say we knew Justin well. I'd say by meeting him and talking to him, you could tell he had something about him. I remember doing post match in his first home game against Sutton. Yeah. And being just a bit awestruck and dumbstruck around him, just thinking this guy's a winner. Like having spoken to Steve Davis. And Slade, to a certain extent, he 
just had a completely different vibe to those two. I thought this yeah. guy, this guy's the mustard. Like he's the real deal. I think as a player, he must have been a dream to play for. I think every Orient player in our squad has tweeted about what he was like. He was honest. He was open. He was a great manager. He was one of the lads when he needed to be. He was the gaffer when he needed to be, and had that perfect balance. I think Ross has said some incredible words about him in terms of what he was like to work for. Nigel and Kent, everyone's just sung his praises. Um, and everyone's just so spoken so highly of him. And I think he really was like the perfect fit for Leighton Orient. Remember yeah, when Steve Davis got the job, people weren't saying he's not a Leighton Orient manager. And at the time I was thinking, what is a Leighton Orient manager? And that's Justin Edinburgh, someone who got the club, got the values, got the respect and support instantly, got the family vibe, just just a great match for the club. I think the last two times we spoke to him was at the Starman Awards and uh, post-match uh, after Aston Villa. I just hope he knew how much we respected him, how much we valued him, loved him. And although I don't remember what we actually talked about with him at the time, I just hope he knew what a difference he made to us as a club and to the supporters. So we'll miss him. He's gone but never forgotten and what he achieved in his 18 months at the club will never be forgotten and his legacy will live on at the club. Amen. Amen to that. So as you can imagine, loads and loads of views coming in over Twitter. We're going to mention quite, quite a few yeah. as you know it's a fitting tribute. Um, so we'll go first with Alan MCLA1, who says, Can't believe this news absolutely stunned. Wadsy said, I'm in total and utter shock. That's no age at all. And what he did for our club in such a short space of time was miraculous and special with so much more to come. Sincere condolences to his family and all at the club who, just like me, will be devastated at this news. Rest in peace, Justin. Yeah, Alan BR40290292 said, This is such dreadful news about Justin. The unfairness of life brought home today. A fitting legacy has taken the O's back into the Football League. Terrible, terrible news. RIP Justin, great guy who will be sadly missed. Great tweet, great tweet. The Mike Barwick said, Thanks for the memories, Gaffer. We will miss you. Yeah, El Coado said, I'm broken. I've spent the week refreshing Twitter, hoping for good news. I've never cried for someone passing who hasn't been a close family member, but I'm not ashamed to say I've cried tonight. May he rest in peace and rise in glory. Hashtag in just we trust. Another great tweet. This is quite emotional reading these out it here. Is, it's, yeah. um, it's with a lump in the throat. It's, I mean, it's this, quite is, tough. this is two and a half weeks later, and I remember speaking to you on the Sunday, yeah. the day after, when we both featured on Orient Hour, the tribute, and thinking there was no way I could have done a podcast on that Sunday night yeah. so at this point still very raw reading these out and Anastasi Mister said I can't believe it 49 is no age at all Justin came in when Orient were at their lowest and galvanised an entire club that he won't get to enjoy his promotion is that he won't get to enjoy his promotion is so cruel rest in peace Gaffer you'll always be part of the Orient family next up is THFC Rosie who I believe is our friend Mark Rose, who said, I saw him this time uh, last week in the ground in Madrid. Utterly shocked. Thoughts are with his family uh, and friends. Okay. So thank you to Mark, my cousin, who's a Spurs Point fan, saw him in Madrid on the Saturday. Got to speak to him. Said he congratulated him on uh, promotion with the O's and had a nice chat. Even spoke about the podcast, which obviously getting this news the day after, I bought a lump to my throat and said yeah. he was very complimentary about Orion and told a funny story that we probably can't say on this because it's a bit too rude about what he actually, what Justin actually said to Roy Keane in the FA Cup 19 
91 oh, final. Oh, you can yeah. tell me after. I'll tell you after, yeah. yeah. It's not for a, a family show. Right, okay. <laughs> Sue underscore Manx said, cannot believe I'm reading this. Such sad news. Justin, you've been an inspiration at LOFC. You believed and gave us hope. We cannot thank you enough for all that you have achieved and for where we are today. Thoughts and prayers to his family and friends. And Magic underscore John says, Justin was the biggest part of this amazing turnaround the club has seen. He gave us back the smiles and passion we all may have lost. It gave us a season we will all never, ever forget. Sadly, only with us for under two years, rightly so, should be held as a club legend. RIP Justin and hashtag again in just we trust. Digger H773046 said, devastating news. Justin will live forever in the hearts and thoughts of all the O's family. RIP Justin. Yeah, Spenno011 says, so, so sad, heartbreaking. He will always be remembered as an Orient legend. RIP Justin Edinburgh. I think the word legend is overused at points, but I think for Justin, there's... There's no, no debate about it. So what, what was actually achieved? And coming in when we were 20th in the National League in November 2018 yeah. to losing you know, five or six one at Bromley, you know, getting smashed on a Tuesday night at Bromley, you know. Well, turn around 18 months to go from 20th to I think where we finished 13th season before to not having that much player turn around in that summer. And at the time, we're all sitting here going, "What you're doing? There's not enough ins and outs." And from getting that squad to where it finished the following season into first place is remarkable. Gold931 said, a heartbreaking moment for everyone. All the love to his family. Yeah, RJE1992 says, gutted. Not only did you put us back on the football map, but you helped bring us our club back. Again, another great tweet there. Yeah. Big TB47 said, Leighton Orient have seen some dark times over the last few years, but nothing like the devastating news we received today. Many thanks, Justin. Love to your family. RIP, you'll be sadly missed and the world has lost a lovely man. Yeah, Pete Fussy said, such unbelievable, sad and shocking news. Widely loved by all at the O's and indebted for the memorable season he gave us. Thoughts with his family and all affected. Gary Talbot7 said, in bits tonight, you only have to see tributes from other clubs to know we have lost a great man. Yeah, and I think pretty much every club in the English league tweeted didn't they in the English Football League and most in the National League tweeted I mean, amazing you know United, Arsenal filed Tottenham as you would expect Chelsea all the big big clubs Liverpool all tweeting as well as AFC filed who have been fantastic throughout you know the last three weeks Gateshead just, just speechless you know, Hartley Paul like Rio's I think Rio's Ferdinand Rio tweeted Crowd you know, yeah, Peter Crouch everyone paying nice their run. respect. So, yeah. you know, down underscore underscore south. It's a devastating news. Absolute hero and a gent taken way, way, way too young. Thoughts and prayers with Justin's family now. Uh, Ed Jones, nineteen seventy six, said so upset at the news. Had been hoping for good news all week. Thoughts go out to Justin's family and to the Orient family. Thank you, boss, for everything. Oh, forever. Katie Harry photo tweeted said lost for words. The world has lost a treasure. He needs to have a stand named after him. And I think Nigel kind of addressed that in his video that we'll come on to. I think that's all still kind of yeah under underway. At Boats, he said, I'm holidaying with the family in Gran Canaria. And at a moment where I should be having fun, I just can't seem to hold back the tears about our Justin. Thank you, Justin, for everything you did for our great club. Uh, Ellie Watts, 77. It's so sad to hear about the gaffer. He will forever be remembered for the way he helped Orient rise from the ashes. A true legend, the outpouring for his loss just shows that football can bring people together. Yeah, it's a great shout there. I Heart Rushmore said, Tragic news about our manager, a man who gave so much to Orient. We are lucky to have had Justin, and his legacy will carry on uh, through the players, supporters, and staff of this great club. Condolences to the family 
and all who knew him. Uh, Doe Lewis says the fact so many people who never knew or met him are genuinely upset and distraught tells you everything. R.I.P. Justin. Kirikout said, you are gone, but your legacy will live on forever. Let's stand together. Let's make him proud and achieve the vision he always had for our amazing club. It hurts because he has so much more to give and so much more to achieve. Thank you for making us dream again. You'll never know how much joy you gave us. Another great tweet there. Yeah. Again, thank you for making us dream again. It's something that I think we're probably going to be talking about a bit later on yeah. from that line. Uh, James O'Hagan says, rest in peace, Gaffer. Your work here is done. Short and sweet, that one, but yeah. really hits the spot. Absolutely, and Gareth Werler, 36, said, R.I.P., you made my team, Newport County, the team they are today. You'll never be forgotten, united in grief. So it wasn't just Orient fans who were no. you know, paying tribute. We were getting tweets left, right and centre, and that one from a Newport fan. So those were all tweets that came into at Orient Outlook. We could have mentioned a whole lot more, but we've tried to keep it um, within reason, I guess, yeah. without doing a four-hour um, podcast. So that was everything we received on Twitter. Still, tributes were pouring in that evening on Facebook as well. So, Adam Payne sent us a message on Facebook saying, Generally, numb. It's all happened so quickly. No words apart from thank you for everything and RIP Justin. Yeah, Clive Shepherd said, How very, very sad. Heartbroken. RIP Justin. We'll miss you so much. No words can reflect my sadness of this tragic event. God bless, mate. Love to the family and to our club you saved. Richard Hester said, Justin, so very sad. I hope and pray that the last few weeks have been some of the happiest. Of your life against lovely message three yeah. years out, it's difficult. Sammy Calero said, "R.I.P. We owe you so much. Every game we play from now on, we'll be thinking of you. Condolences to your family." And Mark Bakewell says, "I drove past the ground on the way home. Stopped for five for five minutes. <coughs> it was just total shock on every face, young and old, with tears in their eyes. No one knew what to say or do. And I've supported this club all my life. I've seen bad teams and a few good ones, but that was easy. I know the rules for that, but this just feels empty." No, R.I.P. Justin. Yeah. So, like I said, I was away on the Saturday night. You was around, and you ended up. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, I went down there. It was, it was a bit weird, actually. It was, it was a bit weird because there wasn't an official place to um, sort of leave flowers or scarves or shirts or anything. So it's kind of building up on the just outside the reception area uh, on the railings. There, people were pinning stuff to it. The supporters club leaped into action so quickly and credit to, to Karen and Mark and, and, and the guys at the supporters club for having a book, a condolence book and, and for opening and for waiting till I think I left at like quarter to ten and there were still people queuing to, to sign the book. Yeah. Um, and it had already done dozens of pages by the time I got to write in there uh, as well. So um, it, yeah, it, it was it was just very sombre, very... Um, uh, very odd in a, in a way, uh, as I said, because no one really knew it was still hitting people, you know. And I think people just felt they just wanted to be around other fans, yeah, uh, and other supporters. Um, and yeah, you know, seeing people shedding tears, and I was in the queue, and a lady couple behind me was, you know, all you could hear her mm. sobbing. It was very, very sad, very, very shocking. Um, but it felt like that we'd all. We were all one family, and that you'd lost a member of your family. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was. It was. I don't know what it was like Sunday. Perhaps you can. We'll come on to that. Yeah, I've got it. Tell down. me what it's like on Sunday. But yeah, it was. It was the right thing to do to go if you could Absolutely. get there. It was the right <coughs> thing to do. Um, so I'm pleased I went. Good stuff. 
Good stuff. Okay, so let's go on to Sunday, yeah. the 9th of June, as we were all still trying to process the news. The tributes for Justin kept flowing into social media, from not just those fans, but from football fans all around the world. As we mentioned, football clubs, ex-players, current players, so we were still receiving messages at Orient Outlook, podcast towers, so a few more tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook at the Authentic Gaz on the Sunday. So I was so hoping yesterday was a horrible, horrible dream, but it wasn't, was it? Such a huge black hole has been ripped right through the hearts of LOFC. Jaffa Shamuti said, The morning after the day the news broke of the gaffer's passing and tributes keep pouring in for a man that will always be an Orient legend, will always be in the hearts of every Orient fan and will always be remembered for the legacy he leaves behind. Orient Ballbag says, Some wonderful things have been posted about Justin in the last 24 hours. Thank you for restoring the pride in our club and put the smile back on everyone's face. You will never be forgotten. You are now the 12th man, RIP Justin. Yeah, Steve Cab 121 said, I don't often use the word legend, but I have no hesitation in using it in my thoughts about Justin. Thank you for everything you've done for our little club and putting smiles back on thousands of faces over the past 18 months. So I went to the ground on the Sunday night. I done it intentionally because yeah. I would I didn't want to have a breakdown, if that's the right word, in front of people. And I knew I was going to cry when I got there. Yeah. So I took a shirt. I took my Rain and Steel shirt. Uh, and nice. I signed it for me and the girls and my family. Um, took a scarf, my oldest Orient scarf from like '92, I think. Um, went down there, and like I said, I wanted to go and it was quiet. And as soon as I got around the ground, I already, I already knew what was going to happen. And then when I got to the ground, I met randomly Darren, who we sit with, and his wife. Okay. And um, yeah, I just started crying. I got to where the flowers were, the first set of flowers by the pharmacy. I just started crying and I think Donna, his wife, went to give me a tissue and I just hugged her okay. like massively for two minutes and just waffled, just saying, like, I'm sorry. And there was a guy, I don't know if this guy listens, I don't know if he knows who I am. I am. He was looking like he might recognise from the podcast. This guy in an ambulance van who had pulled over, who was obviously trying very hard not to cry, saw me cry and then he went. Right. Yeah, as well. Um <laughs> But it was, I mean, it was lovely. I, I don't think lovely is the right word, but going at that time of evening where it wasn't very busy um, and you could see the tributes now were starting to pour in. You had like Spurs shirts, Spurs flags. There was a Southampton shirt. There was a Norwich shirt. There was one from Fisher. Uh, loads of Orient scarves and flags. It was just nice to read all the messages. At this point, I mean, the news had barely, it wasn't even 24 hours old, just over 24 hours old. And you could already see from all the notes and all the cards kind of, how well he was thought of at the club. It wasn't eerie at all. It was just nice to, to be there. But I felt anxious in my stomach all day, like I needed to go. And as soon as my two girls had had their bath, I was gone. I was out the door. And I just wanted to be there. And I stayed there for about an hour and a half. I was there for quite a long time, reading all the messages, just taking it all in and trying to kind of get my head, head my head around it. And I'm glad I went. And I was lucky enough to live about half an hour from the ground and, to be able to do that because I feel like that kind of put me at ease a bit or helped me process it. Mm. But I think we've read a few tweets by people saying they haven't grieved before like that for someone who wasn't a family member. Mm. And I, I would I agree. completely agree with that. I think it probably doesn't reflect well on me. There are family family members who have passed who I've probably not grieved like that for, which is ridiculous really. Do you know what I mean? But he's meant so much to so many people. And he was only at the club for, like we said, 18 months. And we were lucky enough to, I guess, we, we knew him briefly, not well, but we knew him. And as I say, when my cousin texted me that message about 
speaking to Justin on the Sunday about on the Saturday about the podcast. It's gone. Yeah. We never did gone. get that interview that he said he was going to give I us. Never did. Never did. Probably the biggest regret. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah. We were there due to go. have. We were due to have, just for the record, we were due to, Justin agreed to come on and, and he never said no to doing the podcast outright and then we finally managed to, to actually pin something down. He said he'll come on before the playoff, uh, the, before the trophy, trophy. final. Then get it. it was three yeah. weeks, so this was just as with one promotion and I think Charlie and Sydney, his kids have been sort of pestering yeah. him to come on and he said, all right, I'll, I'll come on, I'll do it. A semi-commitment, if you like. He said, I'll do it in the next three weeks before the trophy final. Yeah, we, we did get him. We did get him for we did get about him, six or seven minutes on the start, man. Well, obviously, he didn't come, come and sit on. in the towers. And no, and never welcome into the towers. And the biggest regret in the five years of doing the podcast. Yeah. So, um, Monday. Yeah, so that, that sums up um, yeah, and that, obviously, those couple of days there. Well, so Not in, just for us. Obviously, everybody will have their own ways of thinking and remembering and what they were doing and how they heard about the news and what they felt like. But that's just where we're coming from um, so yeah so then we'll move on then to Monday yeah. the 10th of June more tributes for Justin appeared on social media including an emotional four minute video from the club as everybody was still trying to process the loss of Justin and that's how it stayed for the next few days I'd say over those couple of days again the supporters club done an amazing mm. job fantastic and what they've done and the club itself and moving all the tributes <coughs> from the outside to the inside done a great job as well on that is it right that people were a couple of wrongans come along and pa- apparently nicked so. a few bits and pieces? Apparently so. But all the shirts I saw were signed, so you'd just be stealing an in memoriam t shirt. Yeah, shirt, point. really. Yeah. Disgrace. I, I, what I will say though is that media team of Elliot, Courtney, the content they were getting out was just phenomenal. That four minute video of Justin wicked, in the yeah. black and white and that closing shot. Gents. Unbelievable, yeah, and to work under you know those circumstances as well. Putting that together, yeah, I wouldn't have liked to have done that. So no, you've no, got fair to play. say, everyone at the club done such a a good job. Obviously, coming out of the tragedy, yeah, the struggle less than forty eight hours before. So throughout that week, you know, it was a difficult week for everyone uh, at the club. And then on Friday, the fourteenth of June, I guess it was probably the worst kept secret of pre season. At five pm, the club revealed that XO and central midfielder Josh Wright had re-signed for the O's on a two-year deal following his release from Bradford City. So Josh went on to say, I came here before with visions of staying for years and possibly my career. It didn't happen because of other circumstances and that hurt me and there was always unfinished business for me here. Yeah, Charlie Edinburgh tweeted, Dad got his boy with a heart. So obviously Josh adjusting. I didn't actually realise how close they were yeah. until kind Family of friends, just yeah. in past. But Josh was very active even before it was kind of announced he'd signed for the club in terms of paying tribute to Justin. Justin was at his wedding. I think Justin's whole family was from what yeah. from what Josh has written. So they were very, very close. And you can see how they would be so compatible because you can see Justin in Josh. I mean, Josh is talking. The mannerisms and the characteristics. Yeah. Absolutely. So me happy with the signing. I presume he takes centre midfield spot alongside Clay for next season but that's a good question Mark where would he play yeah I mean he's well experienced and despite a poor season with Bradford uh, should do well at this level I think most Bradford fans don't speak very complimentary of him but you know their loss is definitely our gain from his interview you can tell he loves the club has the traits of a player that Justin would love and another example of keeping Justin's legacy alive 
yeah. as a starting point. So very happy with that for you. Yeah, good to have him back. I think another good personality to have in the dressing room. It didn't, as you say, go well for him at Bradford. Uh, but I think he's back home now. And I think in this environment, I think we might get to see the best of Josh Wright. Yeah, so, so I think from that perspective, I think that uh, I think it's a good solid signing. Yeah, agree. So Sunday, the 16th of June, a happy Father's Day to all the O's dads out there, including the first one for the Bearded Legends. Absolutely, first well one done. for me, great day. Um, <laughs> the club published a video message from O's chairman Nigel Travis as he remembered head coach Justin Edinburgh and looks to the future as he revealed that announcement on the new manager setup would be made uh, probably by the following Wednesday. Great video for me, yeah. great of the chairman to come out. Again, difficult time, week after the passing of Justin. Got it spot on, I thought Nigel, can't have been easy doing any kind of video clip to a camera let alone an eight minute one where he came across really well really positive and had that perfect balance of being very respectful to Justin but at the same time going right as a club this is what we're doing in terms of the next steps and this is how how we take it forward I think Nigel got his spot on there for me yeah I do agree with you really good video informative sensitive as well because it's not an easy oh, thing to be talking about you know some, you know, the, the man that's just done what he's done has just passed away and you're talking about moving on in a typical environment and situation when you've lost someone that doesn't happen but unfortunately the world of football won't stop so that conversation had to happen and, and it was great that someone as sensitive and caring and as articulate as Nigel was able to do that I thought he spoke really well so um, kudos to, to, to Nigel and the club for for how sensitively they, they've handled that yeah I mean I think as a club I think we've had you know Matt Porter <coughs> Sambleton come on and say you know if we sell a player we have plans already in the pipeline to bring in another player and I guess they probably had plans maybe if other, if Justin would have left to gone to a bigger club which yeah. could well have happened but there definitely wouldn't have been a contingency plan for what had happened yeah. in the previous week so I yeah. thought the board handled that really well so that was on the Sunday and before bed rumours started to circulate that McCordy Bond would be joining Charlton Athletic for 200k after they had activated his release clause. So that was the you, rumor. you always get a few little accounts that start tweeting. But in the evening, there was a few more credible sources that came. I think there was a there was a reporter, I think from one of the national newspapers, who had the tick and about 22,000 followers. And you're looking at it going, this could... This could this could be true. This could, could be, be some true. mileage in this one. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have to wait too long because on Monday the 17th of June at midday, the O's confirmed that Charlton had activated Macaulay Bond's release clause and he's going to be leaving us to join Charlton Athletic. And Macaulay Bond, uh, uh, Charlton confirmed the signing and Bond posted the following farewell message uh, on his social media at that point. He said, thank you so much to the club, players, fans and everyone associated to Leighton Orient for the past two seasons. I fell back in love with the game and now it's time for me to take another step in my career with Charlton Athletic. He later posted a much longer thank you message, which we're not going to read out now. You can find that on his social media accounts. And I'm really not surprised that he's moved on after the two seasons. He's um, had two very prolific seasons with us. Now, let's not mince our words here. It is a big, big step to go from firing goals in the National League to firing goals in the championship but I genuinely hope that they do give him the chance they create the chances that he needs and they play to his strengths and that he isn't just going to be a bench player Uh, I hope he gets the support to do what he does best I genuinely from the bottom of my heart wish Macaulay Bond all the very best of luck great player great attitude great uh, professional 
thank you for everything that you've done to help us as well, Macaulay. Uh, I know you probably don't even listen to this, but he, in no, case he you does. do, he does. He does. Yeah. Check it. All right. Check, okay. Check, check the stats. Check the DMs. No. Uh, okay. Fine. Um, so, well, in that case, then thank you for everything <laughs> you've done. Best player ever, Macaulay. <laughs> um, I thought he'd be on the move. I think we'd called it this time last year when he signed his contract extension. I think, you're right. I think we did say that, didn't we? I can't begrudge him the move. Two nah. seasons at Orient, 20 goals plus. Charlton, good move for him. I think he'll get some game time at Championship. I think he'll start there on the bench, but what a great attacking option to bring on for the last 20 minutes. His work rate, he's going to give some Championship defenders in the last 20 minutes of a game very, very hard time. Hopefully he can push on. You don't see him as a starter then? Probably not over Lyle Taylor. Probably not. Does but, but play I, one up top? I then? think so, but I don't know too much about right, Charlton. Okay. Um, been a great sermon, like we said. 49 goals in two seasons. seasons. For an Orient striker, <laughs> that's immense. Yeah. Work rate that you re- rarely see. I thought he read the game really well. I think, you know, we're talking about 49 goals here. I think lots of people are still very critical about how many chances he missed. Mm-hmm. Or so he reads the game really, really well. For me, you know, the game, the goal that characterises Maka for the best, that last minute penalty away to Sutton. Taking a penalty under any circumstance is difficult. Taking a penalty in the last minute to win a game where you really need to win it to stay top of the league away to Sutton, cool as a cucumber. Big yeah. kahunas. So yeah. well done, Maka. All the best in the future. Hope we stay in contact. Like I said, I know he listened. He DM'd us two nights ago. Best of luck. Go smash it in the championship. Question I forgot to ask at the end of my thoughts. Is 200 grand too cheap for a guy that scored 50 goals in two seasons? 49 goals. Is he worth more? I presume it's a release clause that he's probably his agent would have insisted on before they signed the deal last year. Yeah, we would probably be, would, insisted would be on the my clause. presumption. We probably, Orient probably insisted on the clause, but the agent said, well, he's not going to go for the 400 that you probably think he's worth or 500 or whatever you think. This is a fair amount. We signed him for nothing. I don't know if there's a sell-on clause that Colchester get uh, at all. I don't know anything about that, but yeah, 200 grand a bit too cheap? Possibly. Don't know. Because for Charlton, although the, the odd thing about Charlton, as I've read after he signed... Lee Bowyer was leaving the club one on that day. Like two hours later, <laughs> yeah. Lee Bowyer, their manager who signed him, was leaving. Then the next day, he's there with the scarf saying, oh, I've signed. And then their owner is saying, it's big, or their statement around Lee Bowyer leaving was because that they're trying to reduce their expenditure so that they can sell the club and, and make it look like there's minimal outgoings. But then they've paid money to us. But then I guess the extra couple of mil that they get for going into the championship yeah. through TV money and sponsorship and all of that good stuff... I think 200 200 grand is not much of a risk, is it? No, but I think it's a lot of money for Charlton Athletic. I don't think from looking at what some of their fans say, it's not, they don't normally spend money on players. I think that's, for them, that is a big, a big move. So maybe he will be first team. I hope he is anyway. So lots of tweets came into us or an outlook at IM underscore MO. Just good luck to Bond. Just hope he's given the chance and doesn't end up on the bench and back down the leagues again. 
like most Orient players who leave, yeah, yeah come back, go to somewhere on loan, it doesn't work out. Wheeler Dennis said, great player for us, always gave 100%, 110%, will be hard to replace, but wish him all the best for the future. That's Steve the F once. It's very sorry to see Maka go. His goals and work rate will be hard to replace. Charlton have a bargain at 200k. That's a great, great shout. They do have a bargain at 200 grand. That's, I think, what I was trying to get get at. David Reichard, 80, said, I'm gutted he's leaving, but completely understand that this is too good an opportunity to turn down. Good luck, Macca, and thanks for the memories. Uh, Books read, says, professional, great work, rate and ethics. Don't know how he will handle the championship, but he'll work very hard. The club weren't done there as we now no. move on. At 1.30, they teased on social media that a new signing announcement would be made at 2pm, which was followed by the announcement at 2pm of the signing of Connor Wilkinson from Dagenham and Redbridge for an undisclosed fee. I've heard it's something around the 2025k mark, but who knows. Um, Connor only joined the Daggers permanently in January uh, and had a good season, scoring 12 goals overall in 23 overall appearances, which you'd argue... Is pretty good. I'm personally pleased with this signing. I think that he's a player that we've had our eye on for a while. I think we tried to, or had eyes on him in January. Uh, well, Justin would probably have seen him at Gillingham. I think yeah. there was some crossover, oh, some it. overlapping. I didn't make that connection. In tenure. Yeah. Um, and kudos to the club for getting a replacement for Macaulay so quickly. Um, obviously, like Steve and Martin Ling have said in the past, that they don't just sit there and wait for something to happen and are reactive to things, they already are proactive and have their list of people that they want, their top five targets that they want. So, yeah, glad that they've got uh, got that, uh, got him in the building. And having seen his goal highlights reel, he's got a good left foot and he's not a one-trick pony. He's, you know, he's got a, a bag full of tricks to him as well. So, um, I think it could be a very exciting signing for us. Your views? I didn't know too much about him, to be honest. Um, but, you know, like you, I've got to commend the club for acting so quickly to bring him in uh, from the goals rule that the club have put up he's capable of scoring goals I'll give him that uh, score of his head score of his feet I think it's also a good sign that most Dagger's fans weren't happy to lose him which is Someone always upset, yeah. a good sign uh, and their board even had to put out a video put out two videos from their chief exec saying why they'd sold him that I started watching and to be honest I turned it off because I didn't bother watching it yeah. the guy who was speaking hasn't, isn't a Kent Teague or Travis wasn't as charismatic and I thought it was a bit boring um, but I look forward to you know watching him at the O's at 12 and 23 it's similar to Macca's stats yeah. so if you doubled that he would have scored 24 and 46 Yeah, exactly what Macca's stats are so great great point about the Jenningham connection even, I didn't even resonate with that once well done Mr Lee we received a few tweets about the signing of Connor Bazal 73 says so not a bad signing for what is essentially a free transfer, so I mean, the Macca money is still available to be invested. Reckon another striker will sign as well, regardless of what happens with Karoma. Yeah, Chris Cow too said, according to Daggers fans, he'll be an excellent signing for us. Welcome to the O's, Connor. So that was Tuesday done, and on Wednesday, the 19th of June, more action at the club as they confirm the new management team as follows. So Ross Embleton was named as interim head coach. Danny Webb was named as interim assistant coach and Joby McEnough was named as interim player coach. And Joby McEnough, seven 
tweeted. He said, a huge honour to step up to play a coach. Look forward to working with the two absolute top class coaches and people in Ross Embleton and Danny Webb. Along with a great group of lads, we'll do everything in our powers to carry on Justin's legacy and build on what he achieved. Martin Lee said, it's been a period which I've never, ever faced in my football career. You don't get a manual to deal with it, but you deal with it the best way you can and deal with it with Justin always in your thoughts. I've got no hesitation that Ross can step up and do the top job. The caveat to that is that I don't want anyone being judged during the period that then can be surplus to requirements. If it doesn't work out, then there's the opportunity for them to step back down to where they were last year. But can Ross do it? Without a shadow of a doubt. Great <coughs> quote there from Mr yeah. Ling. I absolutely, absolutely agree with you there. I'm really, really pleased with this news and I think for me the consistency is the key um, and the players know how Ross and Danny will work and, and, and things should run nice and smoothly. They'd have learned a lot from Justin and seen the way that he's dealt with difficult and challenging situations so hopefully that will arm them and give them the tools that they need uh, when things you know, hopefully don't but probably will hit a rough patch at times. Uh, I trust and believe in Martin's link decision-making uh, and his comments uh, make perfect sense. And also, if this doesn't work out, things can be rolled back and new manager bought in and Ross and Danny can re be retained at the club and, and the new manager can come in and they can work uh, alongside him. But, but just for genuinely people that put the club at their hearts, that if you cut them in half, you'll see an Orient flag in the middle of them and that, that type of stuff from having met Danny and Ross and had them on the podcast. Very good point. You know, they are Orient through and through. They're not just a couple of guys that are just looking for a job. You know, they are genuine, honest, upfront, truthful, Orient through and through kind of guys. And, and as we've got to know these these guys, um, you know, couldn't be couldn't be happier for two more deserving individuals, or three if you include JB. Yeah, well said. I think under the circumstances, I think the news makes complete sense I don't think yeah. you'll see a big change in the management style or playing style um, you know under what's been a very difficult two to three weeks and you know hearing Ross talk on his interview I thought we came across really well really respectfully again towards Justin um, and hand, handled the situation to you know as Ross does uh, knowing just how hard and how passionate Ross and Danny are about Orient I'm chuffed for the both of them on a personal level and obviously they've both worked so closely with Justin like you said, they'll know how he, how Justin would have handled the situations, yeah. how he'd react, and are hopefully able to drive his legacy forwards. And like Martin said, you know, if it doesn't work out, they can just go back to where they were, so they don't have to worry about being made redundant or whatever. If it doesn't work out, they can yeah. just go back to where they were. I think the club again handled this one spot on, to be honest. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. We had. As you can imagine, quite a lot of tr uh, tweets that came in uh, on this. We've got uh, a handful to read out now for you. And Bazal73 said, great decision. All three will work well as a team and build on the progress last season by Justin. Personally, no disrespect to Ross, I thought that Joby may have moved up to play a head coach. But I think all three, under the guidance of Ling, will grow and move the O's forward. Yeah, the authentic Gaz said, soundly building on Justin's great work. I wish all three the very best of luck under trying circumstances. Really pleased to see Joby taking on a co coaching role. Great work by all decision makers. And I think in the statement from the club, I think Joby's undertaking his coaching badge A over the summer. He's taking the first one that he needs. So good to see him there making the step up. Yeah, he's, he's been doing that for the last year or two, if I'm oh, not really mistaken. Good. Yeah, because I remember Ross coming on once and him, um, him saying about Joby doing his badges and Ross helping him with those badges. He, he said, should, mate, yeah. I'll be taking your job soon. <laughs> and, and he said, yeah, I shouldn't help him so much. I, I, I remember that conversation. At I Heart Rushmore said, love the way our club put their people and values at the heart of their decisions. 
cracking sentence that all three of these lads uh, come across as good people and smart lads hope we all stay behind them and I, I do agree with that really good contribute that Steve the F1 there's no mm. surprises here after Nigel's video on Sunday good luck to them all especially pleased about Joby's new role he's really shown himself to be a leader of this squad in the past couple of weeks and Gaza Emble uh, one of Ross's relatives said very proud I also know that these guys will be all about the club people and future with Justin always a part of it always. Sorry, I didn't read that very well at all. No problem. So that was the announcement of the yep. new management team and the announcements didn't stop again. No. Shortly after, the club confirmed that Jamie Turley has signed a new two-year contract. So Jamie Turley tweeted, said, genuinely thrilled to commit long-term to such a special club. It feels like home for me and my family. We've been made to feel so welcome from day one. Can't wait to be back out there and continue the legacy that's been instilled in us. Yeah, really pleased about this, actually. He was an excellent signing for us and um, pleased to, um, that we just... <laughs> pleased that we were able to get him to sign again with us. Uh, he was needed to shore up the defence and give us greater options, which I think he absolutely gave us uh, when we wanted to, to tweak yeah. it up a bit. Uh, a solid day for the club, really, in terms of appointments and contracts being signed. So I think well done to everyone. We're just now waiting to hear on... Uh, James Dayton yeah. and see what, see what happens there your views? yeah great news as I thought Jamie was outstanding last season quite versatile at the back can go centre back can go right back could probably do left back if he wants to um, we all wanted Jamie to sign and in fact the steal has been signed means that Jamie now and the club can go forwards like I said only Dayton who we're waiting on congratulations to James Dayton on the birth of his new baby yeah. uh, which was I think earlier in the week but yeah really happy that we've got Turley again good competition for places has played at League 2 Last season, wasn't he? He was at Notts yeah, County for the first County, half of the yeah. season. So he knows the league, knows it well. 29, good age, good presence. Yeah, absolutely spot on. Very happy with that one. I think we'll be hard-pressed to name a player in our team that hasn't played League 2 or 1 football in the last year or two. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, absolutely. I think barring our younger players, um, I think we'll be hard-pressed to name that. So it just shows how well prepared we are to, to be in this league. Doe Lewis tweeted and said, quality player, no nonsense and a big presence. That moves us then on to Thursday, the 20th of June at 9 o'clock. The fixtures for the upcoming 2019-20 season were announced and highlights include. Yeah, so Cheltenham are first up in the opener at Brisbane Road on Saturday, the 3rd of August. A few more games to look out for. Colchester United away on Saturday, 21st September. As luck would have it, we booked Jesse's party two weeks ago. Saturday, 21st September. Did and you really? Yeah. <laughs> and then we uh, play them at home <laughs> on Boxing Day. Newport away, which is sure to be a very, very emotional game given what's yeah. happened in the last recent weeks. Away on Sunday, the 29th of December. That's one I would like to do. But that is a miss. Newport away. Yeah, and at home on Saturday, 25th of January. Oh, and I can't do that either. I've got Disney on ice. Winning. Uh, anyway. Failing. Enough of my personal life. Um, season ends at home to Exeter on Saturday, the 25th of April. So like I said, Newport is one we all looked out for. There were kind of rumours that that should be the first game in the season to pay tribute to Justin. Yeah, not happen. The don't do sentiment. Absolutely not. Nice start to end. Nice to start the season at home. But to and end, end it at home. Don't haven't go. done that in... At least 10 years. That doesn't normally happen. You don't normally... It's one or the other. One or the other. Yeah, yeah. so I yeah. really like that. For some reason, though, I think Bradford at home will be quite an event on 14th of December. I think they'll bring quite a few away fans. They seem to be having a lot of banter on Facebook, Bradford fans, and they're making some 
some big signings, but it's nice, you know, now we move away from like your Bromleys and your Brom Woods, where you get like 50 to 100. Yeah. Bradford, Scunthorpe, Plymouth, big clubs, make the club more vibrant, more yeah. money for the club, better standard of football. Just do it. All about the league too. Yeah, absolutely. Really like it. Let, let's move on. Yeah, the club announced they would also be hosting a free open day for all fans at the Bray Group Stadium. This one on Sunday, 28th of July from 12 to 3pm. Lots of events going on. Great to take the kids to. You get to meet players, have your photo taken with the squad, have a training session. Lots going on. Too much to talk about again in this podcast, but well played to everyone at the club. And again, under previous regime, we didn't get one of these open days. But again, planned well in advance. Nice to see the club engaging, yeah. making the effort with the fans. They get it completely. Absolutely, absolutely. Then at seven o'clock, the draw for the first round of the Carabao Cup took place at Morrison's in Collindale. <laughs> That's not a joke. That no, actually yeah, is believe. where it took place, rather randomly. Um, but apparently, it's because they. I, I don't even know. I don't even care why it was in Morrison's in Collindale, but it's absolutely horrific. Uh, the O's were drawn away to Plymouth Argyle, so we've got that massive cross-country trek. And possibly, in my mind, that's the worst draw possible in terms of distance. Not the best draw, is it? Although we played him in the League Cup about four years ago, beat him on penalties. Matthew Baudry stepped up to take the winning penalty, right. drew him one all after the playoff season. Very good. Yeah, so okay. we've been there, we've done it. Obviously, we beat him on Valentine's Day. Matt Baudry that just signed for Swindon. Yeah, well done to Matt. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Um, so then moving on. Yeah. Len, oh, Len M4 said, take the draw. Uh, sorry, that draw makes me miss the FA Trophy. Great tweet, I do like that one. <laughs> yeah, I get, what, I get that now. And Richie J. Bourne says, the ball boys are diving all over the place with excitement. They're already practising, well done. And George Sessions tweeted saying, the Carabao Cup was fun again for five minutes. Thumbs down, I was hoping for a championship team. Long way to go midweek and got to repeat it again a month later. Yeah, great tweet there Twice George. on a Tuesday. How great night. would it have been to go away to QPR or to go away to Brentford or to go away to... Wickham. Any, anywhere but Plymouth. Or Charlton. But mate... That's the luck of the draw, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's the way the draw works. I was so. saying to you before we start recording, they should regionalise it. So split the country in four. So you've got Southern, but Southern Maybe. Western and Southern yeah. Eastern. Because why do you want to be tracking? Because I, I said in one of my WhatsApp groups that we'll get, no, knowing our luck, we'll get Exeter away. Almost, yeah. Well, I've gone one further, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. Got Plymouth, but so yeah. that, that was the draw. And then this day was also a special day as the Justin Edinburgh Free Foundation was set up by Justin's family who put out the message by saying, as a family, my mum Kerry, my sister Sydney and I will be setting up a charity in memory of my dad, Justin Edinburgh. So I want to say the Justin Edinburgh Free Foundation is at the very beginning of its journey. We hope that dad's name and legacy, uh, along with his story, can help others. We're currently in discussion with relevant parties to find the right charity for the foundation to support using all money raised through different fundraising events and campaigns. At this early stage, we believe it will focus on the charity related to heart or brain health. We will also be campaigning to change the law to ensure all health and fitness clubs across the UK are equipped with defibrillators. Um, so that was what they put out. And in the space of what? That was on the 22nd. So in the space of five days? Yeah, five days. The foundation's currently raised. This was last night, so this may have jumped again. It's £6,645. has a dark target of £10,000. So come on and donate if you can. There's a Just Giving page set up. So go on to justgiving.com, type in Justin Edinburgh in the search bar, and if you can, spare a few quid, donate. A fantastic idea from Justin's family. Kudos to everyone involved in saying yeah. that's been getting some great publicity. I think Rio Ferdinand tweeted about it again. Crouch, Paul Koncheski, Jason Cundy. It's been picked up by quite a few people. So 
come on and get behind it. And I'm sure in the coming years uh, and the next couple of months, the club will be doing a lot of good things for that. So really good to see that happen. Friday the 21st of June then at 6.30, the club announced that Josh Caroma has joined Huddersfield Town for an undisclosed fee on a three-year deal. So Josh went on to say, <clears throat> via his social media account, say, my time at Leighton Orient has come to an end. Joining the club as a 15-year-old, our dreams of becoming a professional footballer, and I'm more than grateful for that this club has helped me achieve that and much more. I want to say a massive thank you to all my teammates who have helped me as a player on and off the pitch. We created some great memories, and it was a pleasure sharing the pitch training pitch and dressing room with you all a big thank you to all the coaching staff who have always pushed me to go that extra mile and have developed my game special mention to the O's fans I'll forever be grateful for all the love and support you've shown me in these five years at the club I'd also like to thank Justin Edinburgh the gaffer once again for everything he's done for my career and giving a young player like me a chance to play professional football express myself and develop my craft you'll forever hold a place in my heart gaffer and lastly I wish Leighton Orient all the success in the future and I'm proud I was able to play a part in securing status back into the Football League. This club will forever hold a place in my heart. All the best. Love, JK. Fair play, Josh Corona. Mm. Lovely, lovely sentiment there. Absolutely. Someone only as young as 20 years old, I think that's very well written. Yeah, I think it is as well. Well played, Josh. Your so for me, move? I think the move was inevitable. To be fair, Josh, again, on the back of the year he's had, I think he more than deserves it. Yeah. What a season he's had. And because of his age... And performance is a championship club will come in, snapped him up. Two years ago, he was really looking like a lost cause. Under Steve Davis, wasn't even getting on the bench when he was, wasn't having any effect. But the rival Justin really sparked him into life. And there were just some games last season where he was just on a completely different level. Scored some absolute crackers. You know, those two goals against Farwood, I think, were the first time I really kind of set up and went, actually, he could be a really special player yeah. for us. Goals against Halifax, Gateshead... And that Bromley goal, you know, still brings a smile to my face. For me, that was my moment of the season, just that run. And again, sitting right behind where it happened. Amazing. So I hope the club have got decent money for him. That's been undisclosed. Rumours it's half a mil. Don't know whether it is or not. But I wish him well in his career. I hope he can break through um, and really show the championship what he's all about. Because he, at 20 years old, has the potential to be a very, very good player for Huddersfield in the future. Couldn't agree with you more. I think, from my perspective, I wrote, so the rumour turned out to be true, and you can't deny in this opportunity to join a club who are rebuilding following relegation from the Premier League, a large, well-run club with a good fan base who will appreciate what he can do. He's come on leaps and bounds since Justin came in. He's worked hard and is now able to reap the reward for this hard work. It must have been hard for him to see Alzate, Abrahams and Darby, Dolby sorry, all get big moves two years ago, but now he's yeah. got his. Good luck. And thanks for everything. No, I'm a very important name, Mr. Levy. You're bang on it today. Oh, thanks very much. So more tweets into our Outlook Towers about Josh's movement. T. Skinner, 68, said, thanks, JK, and good luck. Special thanks for that goal and celebration against George Porter. I've not stopped watching that, and I never get bored watching it. It just runs, literally, half the length of the pitch and screams in his face. Unbelievable. Well played. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> excuse me. El Cawada said he's earned this move. Both him and Bond could easily have put their foot down and left in January, which is true. They stayed and helped complete the job of turning around our club. Uh, best of luck to both of them. LDP King says all roads are leading to James Alabi being our mm. number one striker next season. He's born again. My hero. And a lot... Transfer listed James Alarby. Do you know what? A lot of strange things have happened. Football's got a funny way sometimes of things like that. 
coming full hearts. circle yeah. and working itself out. You know, say someone gets injured at the start of the season, Alabi comes on the bench, Alabi then comes on in the game with ten minutes left, plays out of his skin and scores two goals. You know what I mean, like yeah. you've seen, you've seen stranger yeah. things happen in football. Really, it is. It's a funny old game. <laughs> Tom P one nine eight four said the sell the sell off was always going to happen. Just glad we're back in the football league and not non-league. The club loses two million a year currently. Not sustainable without sales such as these. Karoma has ambition and couldn't turn down a big move like that. Good luck to him. I mean, Hutz from Premier Premier League last, last season. season. That is a big. I mean, we saw that Mac getting a big move going to Charlton. I mean, Huddersfield. Josh's is bigger. No, I agree. That's what I'm saying. Huddersfield is, is a bigger, bigger club coming out of the Premier League. Still going to have some very big yeah. players playing alongside him who are dropping out of that league. So great. And they're getting forty million pound a year for the next couple of seasons, two, three seasons. So half a million quid is a gamble worth taking. Absolutely. Bazal seventy three. So did any O's fans seriously think we would keep hold of Bon and Karoma when a Championship club came in for them? Fine to be disappointed, but being abusive and slagging the club and individuals off is not. All clubs sell players. And that's how it goes. Yeah. Um, O's fan Basing said, obviously Shane Karoma has gone, but it had to happen really. Also, the second half of the season, we did too much. We did too much. Go on, Josh, just make something happen. Or a set-piece defender goals. Uh, we need more than that and concentrate on link-up play to make more chances next season. So we wish Josh all the best from us here at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers as he moves on to the next chapter of his career. So moving on in to Saturday, the 22nd of June, and a date that should live forever long in everyone's memory. Yeah. And happy Orient Day, everyone, as it was just two years ago that Nigel Travis and Kent Teague purchased the club. And I still remember being at work at 4.45 on a Monday and getting the message through at about 4.40 that it had pretty much gone through and just waiting for an announcement and then trembling as I was writing the tweet about the club leaving the reign of the previous ownership. Yeah. Amazing, Amazing. what's happened in two years. Well ahead of schedule. I think Kent and Nigel have both said they didn't expect to be out in the National League in two years. And again, part of Justin's legacy now is where the club goes. But again, I well, can't praise Nigel and Kent and enough yeah. for what they have done for our club over the last few years. And we could easily do another hour, four minutes just talking about Nigel and Kent as a standalone yeah so absolutely well done to you for getting that tweet out so quickly I thought I'd set a, a reminder but clearly I hadn't <laughs> on Monday the 24th of June so this is yesterday as we record today a group of Cheltenham fans named the 1887 Red Army set up a crowdfunding page aimed at raising money to produce a large flag paying tribute to Justin Edinburgh at the opening game of the season with the message he made you dream and within five hours they'd hit a target of 500 and five pounds. I think they wanted four hundred pounds originally for the flag, but they've hit five hundred and five. Smashed it. Everything over four hundred pounds is going to the Justin, Justin Edinburgh Foundation. Foundation. So, uh, you know what? They were messaging us yesterday uh, with the images and and what they could or couldn't do and all that sort of stuff. I never had a club or never known of a club, another club's fans to get in touch and say we'd like to do a tribute. I mean, it, obviously these things don't happen very often where a manager dies yeah. in, when he's employed by a club. But absolutely, spot this group up. of fans are absolutely spot on. So, um, well done to the Cheltenham fan group and uh, hopefully they'll be made most welcome in the supporters club and around the ground when they come on the 3rd of August. Yeah, I mean, I think that game is going to be emotional um, anyway. I think there's going to be so many Justin flags. But I think having a club there who respects Justin's legacy and having their own tribute to Justin, I think will be very, very apt in what will be a very emotional day. Um, 
at the ground. So yeah, I can't commend those fans well enough. So well played, and we look forward um, to seeing the flag and maybe speaking to him a bit later on um, in pre-season. Absolutely. So later on in the day, the club confirmed that left-back Jaden Sweeney and midfielder Brendan Shabani both signed professional contracts at the club. So Jaden said, the gaffer gave me my opportunity, so I want to thank him and may he rest in peace. I can't thank him enough. Yeah, Brendan said, ever since I came into pre-season training as a first-year scholar, the gaffer put his faith in me straight away. We'd have chats, and as a youngster, if you have the first team manager guiding you and giving you advice, it means the world. Without him, none of this would have happened, so I'm going to do everything I can to make him proud, and I want to thank him. Great stuff for me. Yeah. Another example of how Justice's legacy, again, will continue to live in the club. Those Absolutely. two youth players are both referenced Justin, and they're two 17-year-olds who, you know, in three years' time, when we're sitting here around this table again, we could be talking about Shabani going to Charlton, Sweeney going to Huddersfield because of that move yeah, and again yeah, they'll be true. giving their credit to Justin so good to see the youth coming through there and then to finish Monday in the late evening the club also confirmed that Marvin Ekpoteta has been acquitted of all charges at Blackfriars Crown Court earlier in the day yeah and just to add some um, uh, some I guess some uh, stuff to that there was a report that came out that Marvin um, had uh, attacked someone in a cinema um, so we're obviously all delighted uh, and uh, that he'd been acquitted of all those charges and completely out of character for someone like that. So great news and justice for everybody concerned there. Now, uh, we are coming to the end of this show. It is one hour, so it is over the hour mark. We make no apologies for that this week because uh, of the content that we have. Could have um, easily, I could have easily done a three-hour <coughs> tribute excuse me. to Justin. Easily. And yeah. Maybe one day, you know, we'll actually get people around the table to maybe do that potentially... One day, but absolutely. Like you going? Sorry, I cut you. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. So we're very fortunate uh, that our owners uh, are very, very uh, communicative with us all, and uh, none more so than than Nigel Travis. And we are now delighted to be able to play uh, a message that we only had come in a couple of hours ago from Nigel at whatever o'clock in the morning it was. So thank you, Nigel, for for putting yourself out to 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 send us a, this message. It is just over. Well, it's actually nearly twelve minutes long. So uh, we're going to scoot off to the loo <laughs> separately. <laughs> to be uh, fair, I mean we haven't heard this yet. This came in just as we were about oh, actually, to start yeah, recording. Right, yeah. So I hold it. Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to his, uh, listening to Nigel. So here's what Nigel had to say. Good morning, everyone. It's uh, Nigel speaking to you from Nashville. Yes, the home of music. And uh, if you've never been here, uh, certainly a, f a fun city. Um, I'm here doing some work with one of the companies I used to be CEO of, Papa John's, and a Lake Norient sponsor. Uh, better ingredients, uh, better pizza is uh, the theme at Papa John's. Um, right, so... Two months ago, or just under two months ago, we entered a new zone. We were back in the Football League. We were excited. We were looking forward to Wembley. And then we went to Wembley and tragedy hit us. Uh, I talked about this in a video that went on the website and Twitter last week. By the way, that video was incredibly difficult to do. So let me start by talking about Justin. What a great guy. He was very direct. He was fun. He was totally respected by players, even when he left them out of the team. And the reason is he explained exactly why. And 
I think it was interesting, the effect he had on people was throughout the football world. I'd like to thank Cheltenham Town fans for raising £500 to put together a flag to bring to the first game when we play at home in this new season. I'd like to reflect on what Brendan Shibani, one of our young players, said yesterday, ever since I came into pre-season training as a first-year scholar, the gaffer put his faith in me straight away. And Jaden Sweeney, and of course Justin gave him his first team debut last year, he said, without the... Without him, none of this would have happened, so I'm going to do everything I can to make him proud, and I want to thank him. So, he affected everyone, and it's very difficult for us to look back and believe that we're going to have to go forward without Justin. Our focus over the last few weeks has been on his family, because he was obviously the breadwinner and how we support the family going forward and trying to be as generous as we can as we work through the myriad of different laws relating to both employment and, unfortunately, death. He has a strong family and the Edinburgh family will always be part of Leighton Orient. I've said that before, I'm going to keep saying that. And I have to tell you all that in my 50 years of working, this has been the single most difficult thing I've had to deal with in that time. My message to all of you, treasure your loved ones every day. Life is extremely tenuous. And we're still working on how we are going to honour Justin's memory at the club going forward. We've got several ideas and we'll obviously come back to you uh, very quickly on that. So he leaves a huge hole, and one that we had to fill. And we have, we've tried to be very thoughtful on how we move forward. Fortunately, we've discussed succession, as we always do in every part of the club on many occasions, but it's still difficult. And part of our thinking was, what would Justin say? So we decided to promote from within, and talking to everyone we believe that's what Justin would have wanted us to do he built a very strong coaching team um, and we decided as a result of that input and our own thinking and also talking to players that we would promote Ross and make him interim head coach um, Ross loves Leighton Orient he's coached here for many years, in fact, he's supported the club as a boy. He's very well respected by the players and he has great experience outside of Leighton Orient, particularly with Tottenham and, Sweden, and Swindon. I'd add to that, that, I think in the last 18 months, he's learned a terrific amount from, Ross, uh, from Justin about what to do. He's learned from other managers and, of course, he can always call on Martin Ling, our director of football. We also promoted Danny Webb, who in my view is wise beyond his years and did very well in his short stint as manager in the prior regime. 
We also decided to take advantage of a huge asset in our club, and that's Joby McEnough, our captain. Yeah, we all love Joby, but he has terrific experience, and he also has terrific judgment, and he's just been finalising his coaching badge, badges. So we feel very good about the three people we've promoted, and we're going to be there to support them, and I ask you to do the same. Any promotion is difficult, and we're going to have bumps in the road, but we need to do what you've done over the last two years. Support everyone. Any mistakes that are made, they will learn from them. And we will help them learn as, as we go. I'm looking forward to having a dinner with the new coaching team this coming Thursday night. And we'll look forward to the season. Let me just talk about a few of the people who have left the club. I want to thank Charlie Granger for his terrific service to the club through many years. I'm sure he will do, do well in the future. Alex Lawless has been a class act, and I believe one day that Alex will come back and coach at Leighton Orient. And I feel the same about Charlie Lee. My 14-year-old told me his kids were absolutely devastated that he was leaving Leighton Orient. They will forever be friends of Leighton Orient. Macca, what can I say about Macca's 49 goals for the club? Uh, think about it, two years ago none of us knew who he was apart from the fact that he scored against us for Colchester United. His goals helped us not only be saved in our first year, but get promotion. Josh Caroma, I wrote a note to Josh last week and said, I remember his hat-trick at Newport actually gave us hope in the year before we took over. But Josh is a great talent and we had an offer from Huddersfield Town um, we rejected the first one like we rejected one from another club in the winter and we went back and they met our expectations so everyone is saying wow we've lost two strikers well what are we going to do well we brought in Connor Wilkinson who I believe is going to do really well and we're currently looking at two more strikers more news on that I'm sure in the next week or so in midfield, we brought in Josh Wright, and I was very moved by the video he did on the website about his very close affiliation with Justin. Justin chose for him to come in, and in many ways, he was Justin's last signing. And by the way, back on Connor Wilkinson, he was high on Justin's list in the winter as well. I want everyone to know that we've received money, obviously, for Macaulay and for Josh. Our intent is to obviously find ways of using some of that money to reinvest in the squad to take us to the next level. So what, is, what do I expect for this coming season? Well, firstly, it's going to be a bit of an emotional roller coaster to start with what happened to Justin. And I think we saw similar difficult situations last year at both Leicester and Cardiff. We expect to be competitive in every way. And I don't want to put unnecessary pressure on the coaching staff or the players. We didn't do that last year and look what happened. I think we'll have a great pre-season that was planned, by the way, before the previous season was completed. And I know some fans are going to be in Spain. I'm actually going to be at pre-season training this coming Friday. And then my next game I'm expecting to be at Macclesfield. Just to remind you, the first game of the season is at home to Cheltenham Town. And again, thank you to all their fans for what they've done in the last 24 hours. 
I'd also like to say thank you at this stage to both Danny and Martin. Um, three of our board, Kent, myself and Rich live in the US and we couldn't have done what we've done over the last two years without the great work of both Danny and Martin. So as we go into the new season, I'm very optimistic about what we can do off the field as well. Obviously, promotion has given us a financial windfall compared with what we've seen in the past. But we have to build on that. And I think we enter an area, an era of new hope. Football is a great asset, despite its dreadful finances. And if anyone wants to listen to a really interesting podcast, I suggest you listen to The Business of Sport, which is an American website. But this time they had a great uh, interview with Michael Eisner, chairman of Portsmouth and the former chairman of Disney. This year, we're very optimistic about selling even more season tickets. Our goal is to get way over 4,000 towards 4,500. Streaming, we think, is something that we've developed over the last two years and will, will be a lot easier in the Football League. And fans in the UK will have their first real opportunity to see that. We're going through a stage of ground inspections and there will be some improvements to the ground. We've attended the EFL meetings. Yeah, it's great to say that. We've, we're in the process of finalising the refinancing of the club, which will see us through the next few years. We've got new kits coming with new balance. I'm looking forward to getting a shirt this week. We've got a new shop that I think is going to be very much better than the previous premises we had. And we're going to be much more active online in selling our gear. We've got three camps in Denmark, in New York and Massachusetts. And we're also looking at camps in India. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes. But once again, I want to close by saying, first of all, all our thoughts are with Justin's family. Our memories are with what just Justin did for us. And I want to think back to last year and say once again, thank you to all our fans for everything you did to cheer us on the way back to the Football League. We're back. We're back in the Football League. And I'm sure this season is going to be very exciting. Thank you and see you soon. Wow. Thank you. I don't know how you follow that up and, and, and come off the back of that. I mean, Nigel, thank you very much indeed. Absolutely outstanding. And I think there's a few things in there that some of us may not have known about. Um, so we look forward to hearing about the new signings. We look forward to seeing the new shirts when they're, uh, when they're released. Yeah, just an awful lot in there. Absolutely outstanding. We were sort of looking at each other going, wow. Yeah, um, a yeah massive thank you to Nigel. Incredible. Ken for all their support and for Nigel to do that this morning. And again, when he'd done that, that must have been very, very early uh, from, yeah, it was. Silly o'clock from in Nashville. So thank you to Nigel for all that information uh, and what was an absolutely sensational 12 minutes to listen to. So that's it. Thank you for joining episode one eight five. So it's been an emotional time at the O's over the last few weeks as the club, supporters and the footballing world has had to come to terms with losing a very special man who was loved and appreciated by so many people. And it still doesn't feel real that just two and a half weeks later that Justin won't be in the dugout for our season opener against Cheltenham, which is only now a month and a half away. So the club have had to act swiftly and respectfully to continue Justin's legacy 
and they've handled this tragedy superbly well. And now it's time to give our full support to the board, to Ross, to Danny, to Joby, to the squad. As the season fast approaches its start date, as pre-season begins. And like everyone has said, Justin will never be forgotten. It's all about no. taking his legacy forward. And I hope that we've kind of got across our feelings in this podcast. We've tried our best to do so. And we yeah. hope you've enjoyed it under what's been quite difficult circumstances. Yeah. Arguably the hardest one I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to be back with episode 186 at some point in late pre-season. So sort of towards the end of July, I'd imagine. With all the information, uh, or mid to late July rather, with all the information and views that you could ever need. And again, if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Give the podcast a quick review. We'd be ever so grateful to you. If you're listening on SoundCloud, tune in and Stitcher. Add us to your favourites and that way you'll always have the latest podcasts available as soon as we upload them. We're on Spotify as well, so listening to the podcast uh, has uh, been made even easier for you but likewise if you think an older relative or someone you know uh, you think might enjoy the podcast grab their phone or, or help them to listen to it we, we'd be very very grateful to you uh, for that as well yeah absolutely so thanks for listening so normally we would play out um, with a song but we're not going to play out with a song we're going to play out with our uh, interview with Justin Edinburgh which was recorded uh, after what sorry not after yeah. at the Starman Awards by Paul Got to get a few minutes with Justin. So we're going to finish on that this week. So we look forward to hearing from you and keep calm. And as always, listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. So here to play us out is Justin Edinburgh. Justin, thanks very much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Thoughts on the last weekend as it's been so far? Well, I'm certainly enjoying it um, now because it's, it's been a difficult week building up to, to the final game because as much as everyone thought that it was it was done and dusted, I think you know there's always an element of, of doubt. Not about the, the, the group of players. You can, you can control the cans, but you can't possibly control the cans. The referees' decisions elsewhere. And the thing for me I've learned this season is everyone that comes to Orient is a cup final. But they don't seem to turn up against the opposition of other teams. And so you, you, you never know. But, um, you know, the celebrations went on long into the night. They were fully deserved. I think I didn't realise what it meant to the club until that final whistle went on Saturday. Uh, tonight, here again, um, so many smiles, so many people talking about the previous of, of the Football League and I, I think that, that that's the thing for me is we talk about the Football League again and we are you are now a Football League manager but it's not the first time you've done this so how is this different to your previous yeah. at Newport County well I don't say it lightly and I don't underestimate the achievement I've done at Newport because you know it was, I was privileged to manage that club but we went up through the playoffs which is a fantastic achievement but to to actually win and be the only club that can be promoted out of this league automatically is beyond belief. So it is the proudest football moment for me in my life. That's amazing to hear. From your perspective, I mean from everyone's perspective, it's been quite up and down. Like you say, teams are turning up, cup finals, other teams are coming out to do typical non-league tactics yeah. on us. Was there ever a point in the season where you're scratching your head thinking, how are we going to get through this next period of fixtures? You've got bodies going down, you've got people in the, in the injury room. Was there ever a point where you thought, my God, like, we've got this one in the injury room, we've got this game coming up, yeah. you're scratching your thinking, how are we going to get through this? Away from the group? Yes, of course, but when I'm with the group, I never, I never show them that I don't, that I don't ever think that every game that we'll win, that, that, that's, that's 
inspired to my staff, to my players, and hopefully to the fans. Um, there was a period, but there was always going to be periods. I, I, you know, I said that when I first came into this club. If we're going to do it, we'll have to do it together. And we're going to have some bumps in the road. And we had sort of at home. It was a bump. It hurt, but we responded absolutely away. We had a bump. You know, we got beat. You know, but uh, you know what I always felt that the crowd believed and they stayed with it. You know, there, there was times so I thought they were a little bit quiet. But I, I, until the more I become manager, the longer I was managing this football club, I, I learned about the Orient way. I learned about things that done in an Orient fashion. I learned, I, I learned that, and that's probably where that filtered onto me taking into this last week because I probably felt the Orient way. You know, because although it was near enough, um, we was all, everyone was telling me that well, we, this could happen, that could happen, but. I believe in this group of players. They've been incredible. Um, they're, 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 they are a special group. You, you, you come across this every now and again. Um, but I never lost belief. I never lost trust. We never lost trust in one another. And I, and I think whenever the question was asked, we found the right answer. And, and that's testament to the group of players. And finally, a message for the Orient fans that have travelled the length and breadth on a Tuesday night at Barrow and in great numbers as well. I'm sure David has asked you this question. Well, he has. And I don't think sometimes I can explain it because I've always said that for us to get out of this league, there was greater pressure than any other club. And, and I think, you know, I listened to Mickey Mennon a lot last year. When, when people went to Tramier, it was everyone's cup final. They were, they'd been a league one, they'd been a championship side. When, when I used to see teams turn up at Orient, players getting their phones out, referees getting their phones out, taking pictures of the stadium, and, and I'm thinking, well, okay, well, we're into, yeah, 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 really. And I'm thinking, well, okay, well, this is, this is our livelihood. This is, we're trying to get out of this league. This isn't, this isn't a show. This is where we want to be. We're trying to, so it's very difficult. There's a lot of pressure, and with that, then fans bring. They bring a level of expectancy, which is not in any way a negative or a derogative. And it was a it was a positive for us, more away from home, you know, because at home sometimes I think when you don't get all them vocal fans in one place, they don't quite get that same togetherness and atmosphere. At times the, the, the atmosphere at the home goes, you go a little bit nervousness, and we, and, and we feel that, but we understand that, and I think going forward now, we, we've overcome that first hurdle, that obstacle, which a lot of teams, Luton, you know, found difficult period of times, Lincoln, Lincoln, yeah, you, you, you know, so we've got to use those as role models and try and emulate them. You know, we can't try and put the expectation too high, but we have to be realistic and say, well, we need to be chasing again next time. Congratulations. Thanks for your time. So thank you very much, Justin. And thank you for making us all dream again.